wondered if you could tell me and think about your moments of greatest wonder, your moments of greatest joy and wonder. Maybe it was when you first saw your newborn baby for the first time. That's a pretty wonderful moment, right? Maybe it was the first time you got behind the wheel of a car. You got to drive. You had your license. You could drive. What are some other moments of wonder? Just call them out loud, nice and loud so we hear. What are some other moments of wonder in life? Marriage. Marriage, yeah. yeah and, and specifically, maybe the husband, as he's watching his beautiful bride come down, right? Maybe that's a moment of wonder, right? The ocean. Grandchildren. Oh, I haven't got there yet, but I hear it's good. I hear it's good. Uh, no pressure, no pressure. Um, <laughs> my poor family's here. Uh, what else? Any other moments of wonder? Moments of wonder? Sunset? Yeah, yeah. So many. Holding a new puppy, getting a puppy for the first time. They just kind of lick you on the chin. They're so cute. Yeah, there's so many. Wonder is wonderful, isn't it? I still remember when I was in third grade. And I had to get glasses, and I was really mad about it. I didn't think I, I didn't want glasses. I didn't think I needed glasses. I could see fine. I didn't need glasses. And then the doctor gave me the glasses, and I put them on. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> this is what the world looks like. I mean, it was so clear. I remember saying to my mom, it looks like everything's been washed. It was the only words I could use to describe what it looked like. I didn't know people actually saw the leaves on trees. Like, I just thought they were big green masses. I didn't realize you could actually see the leaves. It was just a moment of wonder. Reminds me, the other thing I always watch, I can't stop watching them, I just keep going and going and going on YouTube, is those little videos of kids who are born without their hearing, and then they get their hearing aid put in the first time. Anybody ever watch those? And they get their hearing aid or cochlear implant or whatever it is, and, like, they've never heard their parents' voices, right? And all of a sudden... Like, they hear it for the first time. And the, the little babies, like, eyes get big and then a big smile. It's just, I can watch them over and over again, and I just cry. I mean, it's just beautiful. Wonder. Wonder is wonderful. Wonder is wonderful. And if there is a holiday that's about wonder, it's Christmas, right? When we think about the wonder of, you know, new fallen snow on Christmas morning, which we won't get any of that here, but, you know, we, we can always dream. We can always hope of that idea of like just a new fallen snow, right? The wonder of it. The wonder of presents under the tree or racing down in the morning and opening your stocking, right? Santa coming and, and giving you that thing that you've been hoping to get. It's, it's a season of wonder. And yet we can tend to forget that all these trappings of the festivities and, and all the wonder of this season is because of a single historical event that in itself was pretty exhilarating and wonderful. Pretty amazing, this historical event, and that's what we celebrate. Um, it was a very surprising event. Nobody expected what happened that day at the birth of Jesus. They, nobody expected it to happen that way, in that time, in that place. Nobody expected it. And unfortunately for most of us, the Christmas story has become so familiar that we've lost a little bit of the amazement of the story, right? I mean, if you've been anywhere around church for any time of your life, you've heard all the stories over and over again. It's always the same sermon on Christmas. You know, it's the same story. Um, you've seen the nativity scenes out all over the place. You've seen all of that. And so it kind of loses a little bit of its luster, a little bit of the excitement of what that must have been that first Day. And so I want us to think about it. I want us to recapture a little wonder. I want us to make room for some wonder today. Let's talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth, okay? 
We see the story in Luke 1. This was an old Jewish couple. They had, uh, were faithful to God. They, they served God, but they had never had children. And so it was a the sadness in that time. In that, those days, that was shameful. It was a disgrace never to have children. Um, and so they, were, they may have been anxious about the fact that they must have done something wrong if they never had children, but they kept faithfully serving God. And Zechariah goes into the temple to do his special services as a priest. And surprise, an angel comes and speaks to him. And he says to him that your wife, who's old, is going to get pregnant again. Not necessarily great news for the mom, but maybe, maybe so. Uh, you're gonna be, she's going to be pregnant in, in this time. And this son who's going to be born will be great and will be, um, do great things for the kingdom. We know now that person was John the Baptist that was going to be born from her. And then surprise, Zechariah says, well, I don't know how this is all going to happen. I mean, how, how can I be sure? And so he doubts. And so the angel strikes him dumb. He can't speak anymore. And I was just reading that not only could he not speak, he probably couldn't hear either. He was probably both deaf and dumb. Could not speak or hear after that point. And then, surprise, nine months later, she actually has this baby. And what happens? But Zechariah is able to speak again. And what does he say? He says, the baby is going to be called John. Not a name in his family, very unexpected name, but he says, this is going to be John. And he is going to prepare the way for the Lord, the Savior, Messiah. That's who this man is going to be. So many surprising things in that little vignette. So many surprising things happen that no one expected. Let's go on to Mary and Joseph. A little later on in Luke and also in Matthew, we get the story about Mary and Joseph, a young Jewish couple of little means, hoping to be married soon, betrothed to one another. And surprise, Mary also gets a visitation from an angel. Who expects all these angels to be showing up suddenly? But here's Mary. An angel comes to her. And what does he tell her? Very surprising. He says, you are going to become pregnant. You're going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be pregnant with the Son of the Most High. That's pretty surprising. That's pretty surprising. And so, surprise, she does get pregnant, and now this is kind of an awkward thing, because what does Joseph do? But God speaks to him in a dream, and so now Joseph's okay with it, and he is with her, and they, he travels to Bethlehem for the census, and she has the baby in a stable among the animals. That's pretty surprising. And then, surprise, a star appears in the sky just over where he was born. And all these strange visitors show up, people who shouldn't have even known where they were, and yet here they all show up to visit this little baby who was born. Very surprising story. In fact, it says in the Bible that Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she was full of wonder. How in the world is this happening? How am I part of this amazing story? Let's look at one last set of people, the shepherds. In Luke, we also see the story of the shepherds, and they were out there minding their own business in the fields, used to being forgotten and marginalized. These were shepherds. Shepherds were the kind of the lowest rung of society. They didn't have any power, any, any respect really in society. They're just out there, just chilling, dozing off probably a little bit, watching sheep. And surprise! Here comes the angel. An angel comes to them. And what does the angel say? He says, in this day, in the town of David, a Savior is born, the Messiah, the Lord. And they could find this baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And as if that wasn't enough. Surprise! Now it's not just one angel, but it's a whole host of angels. The whole sky is filled with a chorus of angels. And they start shouting out to him, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. 
And so they end up going to Bethlehem. We've got to see what this is all about. They go there, and surprise, there it is. There they are. They're in this little simple stable, and there's a baby lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And Mary and Joseph there as well. They realize something truly special is going on, and we know that the shepherds went out and told everyone what they saw. They told everyone what they saw, and they went out from that place glorifying and praising God. I'm sure they did. What a surprise. What a surprising and amazing story. See, the Christmas story is full of surprises. Keep in mind that the testimony of the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, is that for 400 years, God had pretty much gone silent prior to this moment. There had been a lot of activity prior to that, God moving through the people of Israel, prophets coming, all sorts of things. And then for 400 years, basically silence. And then, suddenly, in a burst of activity, the Holy Spirit descends on this little place and begins speaking to Zechariah and Elizabeth and to Mary and to all these folks of the shepherds. So surprising. Broke out of the religious establishment, broke out of the expectations of all of the leaders of that time, broke out of the expectations of every person, what they would have thought the Messiah would have been. That's what happened. So who did Jesus come to? Whom does he come to? He comes to the anxiously and carefully religious, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? Hoping they were getting it right, wondering if God was pleased to them. He came to them. He also comes to the young and poor, like Mary and Joseph, who didn't know how they were going to make ends meet, didn't know how they were going to do, had no place to go, no place to stay, and yet they trusted God. He comes to the marginalized and the outcasts, those shepherds who nobody ever paid any attention to, and yet they got to see this incredible angelic visitation that nobody gets to see. I'm not sure there's ever been an angelic visitation like that ever again or before in all of history. We didn't talk about the other people in the story who were surprised by Jesus. How about the intelligent seekers, the wise men, who are just consulting their star charts and looking at the sky and they see a new star? They say, wow, that's interesting. That's new. And they decide, we're going to go check it out. And so they just pack up their camels and off they go to go see what was happening. How about the patiently waiting Simeon, who was a man who sat in the temple and was, was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the Messiah. And God had told him in a dream that he would see the Messiah before he died. And so when Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph came into the temple for Jesus to be dedicated, he immediately recognized. The Holy Spirit gave him wisdom to say, this is it. This is him. And he was blown away, surprised, and blessed him with joy. How about the devoutly faithful little Anna? Older lady in the temple, been in the temple for years, just worshiping, fasting, and praying all those years in the temple. And she also sees Jesus come in with his family to be dedicated, and she recognizes, she recognizes who he is, and she blesses. Jesus came to them all. He surprised them all. He left them with wonder and awe at who he was. What a surprising, wonderful story. Isn't it wonderful to remember that again? How wonderful and amazing this story really is. How surprising it was. And so what this all comes down to is that God likes surprises. I like this about God. He likes surprises and he likes celebrations. And I think that's cool. I like that because I like surprises and I like celebrations. He wants us to be surprised by us. He wants us to be filled with wonder. He doesn't want us to have a dreary and boring, dull life where we just kind of barely get through each day. No, he wants us to be filled up with wonder in our being at who he is and how much he loves us and all the incredible things that he does. That's what he wants. And so I'm, I'm inviting you to allow yourself to be surprised by God today. 
Be surprised by him today. Open up your heart to being surprised. If you perhaps are anxiously religious, maybe you're one who's hoping you're getting it all right. You're trying to do all the right things, checking off all the right boxes, hoping that all your good deeds are outweighing your bad so that you're somehow good enough for God. I hope today that God surprises you with grace. Grace that means that you don't have to perform to be loved by God because he loves you. You are created in his image. You are his. And you don't need to prove anything to him. You just need to come to him. That's all. So I pray that you would come. If you're young and poor today, or maybe a few of us old and poor, and need to know where the next meal's coming from, it's always my hand to mouth. You're always wondering how we're going to make this thing happen always wondering how it's going to all fall together. I want you to be surprised by God who's going to show up for you in great provision. He's going to show up for you in trust and hope, and he's going to care for your needs, and you will not go without. Come to him, call out to him, and he will, he will be your provider. He will be your provider. I pray you'd come to him today if you are among the marginalized and outcast, marginalized and outcast. Maybe you feel somewhat like you're always on the outside looking in, that you never quite fit in, that things just aren't quite, um, you know, you. And, and maybe you feel a little bit threatened by all the unkindness in the world, all the evil in the world that's coming against us. Maybe we feel some of that um, fear. And I pray today that God would surprise you with his loving embrace. He just holds on to you. And you fit in with him doesn't matter how odd or not odd we are, you fit in with Jesus. He loves you just as you are. And he's going to take care of you and he, he is with you. Your hope can be in him as a child of God and he can bring us peace even in a harsh and sometimes frightening world. He can bring that peace. He's ready to surprise us all. To the intelligent seeker, ask him your questions. He's got answers. To those who are patiently waiting, like Simeon, he is there for you. He's not late. He's never late. He's right on time, and he is working on your behalf behind the scenes. He is there with you. He will show up. You can trust him. For the devoutly faithful, maybe some of you are really trying to do it right and trying to get it all, all together. God sees you, and he loves you. He loves your service. He loves your heart for him, and he says, I love you just for who you are. For the lonely and the needy, God is with you always. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will fill you up with himself as, he, as you give yourself to him. As you come to him, he will fill you up with, yourself, with himself. And for those of you who are hurting and broken, he is the healer. He has come to heal you, to, set, to bind up your wounds, to set free the, the, the bound, to, to heal the brokenhearted. He's there for you. That's what our Jesus wants, us, wants to do Allow yourself to be surprised by him today. Allow yourself to be surprised by God, to be filled in amazement and wonder at what he has done. And I want to say just three things about wonder that I kind of perceive from this, from this situation, that wonder comes from an experience of God. Wonder is, is not just seeing something or knowing something intellectually, but it is seeing with your heart and with your soul and with your, with your, your spirit. The experience Jesus wants you to have is of him. He wants you to experience him. Christianity is not a set of rules. It's not a set of things to check off. It's not a set of words you have to say. It's not religious practice. It's a relationship with God. It's knowing him. 
It's coming close to him. It's walking with him. It's listening to him. It's knowing that he's right here by your side. It's a beautiful thing. It's interesting if you look at a person in the Bible named Job. Job went through a very, very hard time. And at the end of all of it, was, was frustrated and had a difficult time, many, many things going wrong in his life. And at the end, God showed up and revealed himself in a new way to Job. And Job said something interesting. In Job 42, verse 5, he said, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. See, we are able to know about God intellectually, but until we see him, we experience him, he comes to us, then it becomes real in our own hearts. We, we can go through all the religious motions and yet still never have experienced God, but God wants you to experience him today. He wants you to sense him and to know him and know his presence is with you. Have him speak into your mind, have him speak into your heart, speak into your soul. That's what he desires for you. And so Job knew of God, but now he saw him. The second thing we find as we think about wonder is that wonder expands as we embrace it. It doesn't just stay in one place, but as we continue to embrace it, uh, it gets bigger. Astonishment kind of begets more astonishment. The more we look, the more we will see. God is more wonderful to me now, 30 plus years after I gave my heart to him, more wonderful to me now than ever. He has just shown up over and over again in my life. And he's more and more wonderful. I, I love this passage in the Bible, Psalm 34, 8. It might even be my theme verse of my life. I don't know. I love this verse. I go back to it over and over again. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. I don't know about you, but we're doing a lot of tasting of good food the last few days. We, have, we are awash in Christmas cookies. I can't even tell you the number of cookies. I've had help from my, my, my sons and daughter-in-law, but like we have so many food in the house right now. We are just tasting and tasting and tasting and tasting. And it just keeps getting better. I mean, you just want another one, you eat one cookie, you just want another, and then you want another. It's like taking a fresh apple pie out of the oven, right? And you have that first bite. Mmm, that's good. And now I want another bite. Mm. And then I finish the whole piece, and I kind of want another piece. Anybody relate to me at all? <laughs> See, each bite is better than the last, and this is how our God is. The more we taste of him and who he is and how much he loves us, um, it just gets better and better and better. You know, I knew when I first came to Jesus that he loved me. I knew that, believed it. But I now know it in a deeper way because of the years of walking with him and the experiences of him, the good and the bad. Him showing up for my mother as she was dying and showing up for her. Answers to prayer that we've been praying for for decades coming to pass. Him, his Holy Spirit showing up for me in my hospital room just this past spring. I mean, he just keeps his love, keeps showing up and it keeps getting better and better and better. The love of God is like, like an ocean, like a mighty ocean. You can, it'll never run out. You will never plumb the depths of it. There's, it's never going to go away. There's always more and more and more of it that we can experience. And so let's find him. Let's reach out to him. He is good. Let's see beyond our physical eyes and let's receive him in our hearts and let that love begin to grow and grow in us, that wonder begin to grow. The final thing I want to say about wonder is that it never goes out of date. We're never too old for wonder. 
I know we think of Christmas and the wonder of children, but we can have wonder as young adults and as middle-aged people and as old people. We can continue to live in wonder if we choose to. We can continue to live in wonder. We're never, let's not get so old and wise that we think we're past experiencing anything new, that we've got it all figured out. Let's remember that God loves to surprise us. He wants to surprise you and me. Let's not be so jaded or cynical that we can't be open to something new and precious and wonderful and surprising. There's something in us that longs for eternity that never goes away and that longing for meaning and for purpose, for an assurance of a life to come. I love the way the writer of Ecclesiastes put it. He says, God has set eternity in the human heart. It's there. And there's a longing within every one of us. Maybe we've pushed it down somewhat, but the longing is there for something real, for something personal, for something eternal, for something that's going to matter in life. It's there. The longing is there. And it's met in thee tonight, Jesus. As he just sang, all the hopes and fears are met in Jesus tonight. Discover the wonder of what he has for you. And I want to speak also to some of us who maybe are walking with God for a long time. And maybe we've lost the wonder just a little bit. It's gotten a little old, a little stale. We're doing our best. But the joy of wonder seems to have fallen away. And so I say to you tonight, today, there's joy and wonder for you as well. Go back to what you did at first. Just seek Jesus. Just start to walk with him and talk with him. Gaze at him and then gaze a little longer. And then gaze again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He will be there for you. He will renew your heart with wonder. Now, if you've been coming to this church for a while, you know what I'm going to do next. We've been doing this little thing during Advent, um, but we're going to do it today. I'll give it a, a little explanation for all of our visitors today. We've been doing something that's called Visio Divina, which is Latin for divine seeing. And it's a way of um, asking God to speak to us through the visual medium of art. And we've been looking at some beautiful original artwork uh, that's part of this um, series, this book that we've been looking at, Making Room in Advents by Bette Dickinson. And she prayerfully created these pieces of artwork based on the story of Jesus' birth in Luke. And so what we're going to do now is I'm going to display the painting in a, in a moment for two minutes, and I'm going to ask you to simply look at it and ask God to speak to you through it. This is divine seeing. We're asking God to illuminate something for us through this artwork. And so ask God to speak to you through it. See what pops out for you, what you notice about it that's a little different than what you expected. And um, so we're going to just look at it for two minutes. Just sit with whatever it is that he shows you. And then I'm actually going to uh, go around with a mic. And anybody, just a couple people would like to share what God is seeing. We've been doing this in church. It's been so much fun to hear what other people say. There's no pressure, absolutely, to share anything if you don't want to. But if you have something that you feel God showed you for the picture, we'll just have a few of you um, share that. So um, let's look at this picture today, and it's entitled Wonder.
I'd like to share just a little something about what God showed them. Yes, Tom. I was struck dumb or mute uh, several years ago when I encountered a tree and uh, had a brain injury. And uh, I couldn't, when I came to, I couldn't talk. And, you know, the doctor said, well, there's something in the brain hasn't made a connection yet. But one day I went over to the I went over to the window uh, in my room, and uh, I, I don't know if this commercial is still anymore, uh, but uh, I rolled open the window and shouted, Zest! And <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, I pictured this uh, woman, I think, jumping out of the water and just saying zest, <laughs> and uh, so I had a. I was uh, guys in the room. Guys in the room said that you can talk, and I said sure. <laughs> <laughs> and guy, God, God just gave me a zest uh, for life. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we, we expect the uh, humans and the animals to all be uh, excited and moved by the light of the birth of Christ. But in that picture, I see even the trees <laughs> with their roots in the ground are leaning towards him. All of creation <laughs> was waiting for the birth of the Son of God, and he gave us all meaning life and animal and the trees. Mm, that's great. Love that. Yes, Joy. What I noticed was the constellation of the stars, but also the rocks look like angels that's hovering over Jesus. And everything, you know, they're hovering together, just covering mm. him. Thank you. Got one over here. Yeah, here we go. Sorry. I just love how the artist didn't even begin to try to remotely attempt to put expressions on the humans or the animals' faces. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just absolutely no way that you could begin to capture what those expressions would be right. human or animal-wise. Mm. So I love that they just left it out, but at the same time, it left nothing out of the joy of the picture itself, mm. of the painting itself. That's great. Thank you. All right, one more. Yes, go ahead. Um, I can see the stars. It's giving me, like, the galaxy, but it's the blue one. And I just love how they draw the trees and the rocks. Amen. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Is there one more over here I saw? No? Anybody? All right. All right. You know, it's Christmas. We get a few more. 
you. So what's interesting was when I first looked at it, I saw, I guess, what would be obvious, the light and the darkness in the middle there. But the more I just kind of stared in and just felt that light, I realized that's not an in at all. That's a hardened heart. Um, it's just, it's protective. It's, it's hardened, but there's this life and this light coming out of it. And the more it comes out, the more people are drawn to it, seeking that light. Hmm. Nice. Love it. All right. Did, was there one more who was dying over here? I thought I saw someone. Nope. Nope. Okay. I have to tell you that I really noticed the animals this time. I had seen the sheep, but I didn't see the little cows in the back. <laughs> so I... Or is it a donkey? No. Oh, bottom one's a donkey. Upper one's a cow. I just... I just love that God loves the animals too, that <laughs> they got to be part of all this. Like it's, you know, whatever they could understand in their animal brain, <laughs> they, they got to experience the glory of Jesus. Like how amazing is that? That's wonderful. Love, love hearing from all of you. Well, I'm just going to tell you one more story, and then um, we're going to have some music, and then after the music we'll have, we'll go to our candle lighting. Um, the story, and the team can actually come up while I'm, while I'm uh, doing the story right now. I had great Christmases growing up. We really enjoyed Christmas. We did it up big. And um, we weren't believers. We were atheists, actually. We didn't believe in God or anything about it, so we didn't go to church. There was no kind of religious connection to the holiday. It was simply, you know, we just had fun with the lights. We had the tree. We had the stockings. We had Santa, the whole nine yards. And I loved it. You know, it was all fun. I can remember my sister and I sitting in the back seat of the car. Anytime we'd go anywhere, we'd be counting how many houses had lights out. <laughs> you know, we'd be ooing and eyeing over the big ones. Like, I just loved the whole thing. And one year, I was at the age of 15, uh, throughout the course of the year, and it's a longer story, but I, I started reading some books and talking to people and really thinking about it. And I ended up, in about fall of that year, giving my heart to Jesus. I had decided to follow him. And... Um, this was very surprising. I did not really want to follow him. Um, it was not something I had been seeking, but just as I had been really encountering who Jesus was, what he did, the historical um, proofs for it, and also um, what he was doing in my heart, I just, I just knew it was true. And so I believed and I came to Jesus. And so I was able to be baptized for the first time on December 15th. And so it was right in the middle of the Christmas season. And so I was at my church and we had a baptism and I professed my faith in front of all uh, the people of the church and a few members of my family who came. And I will never forget leaving the church building after that baptism. Because I walked out, and keep in mind it's mid-December, so there's a whole bunch of decorations out everywhere. All the lights are on, everyone's houses, all the storefronts are all decorated with Jesus. I'd seen it a million times before. And yet all of a sudden I was like, oh, look at the decorations. Look at all this. It's all for Jesus. It's all for him. I mean, even if someone is putting it up and they're not necessarily a believer, they just like it just like we did, like it, put it up. You know, it's fun to have up. Yet the only reason we're doing it is because of Jesus, because he was born. Because of this celebration, the whole world is lit up. It is his party. It's his party. And I just remember my heart just welling up with joy and wonder. It was it was like I was a kid who'd seen snow for the first time. It was like somebody had sprinkled Disney pixie dust all over everything, and it just glowed and glittered, and it just made something leap in my heart that this was all for Jesus. See, coming to him 
changed it all for me. It changed it all. It made it beautiful and filled with wonder. And so I just invite each one of you today to make room for the wonder of God. Make room for him to show up in your life. Invite him to show himself to you. And you can at any moment come to him. There's no special words you got to say. There's nothing, no hoops you got to walk through. You can just come to him and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to be your child. And he is so faithful that he comes. And I, he will fill you with wonder. Fill you with wonder at how he will change your heart. I, I promise you, you'll never see Christmas the same. You'll never see Christmas the same. So let us pray. Jesus, we open ourselves up to your wonder today. Show us more of who you are, Lord. Even if we are doubting, even if it's um, something we're not so sure about, Lord, we just, we do say, if you're there, show yourself, Lord. Show yourself to us. And Lord, we are looking forward to being filled with wonder this season wonder at what you have done, wonder that you came. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.